Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. They had an example of Barnabas, and they gave part of it to the church with the illusion that they gave it all. Nothing wrong with giving part of it. If God said give part of it and they kept part for themselves, no big deal. But they gave it with this illusion. They wanted to appear more spiritual, here's the pride again, than they really were. They wanted to appear just like Barnabas. Well, look what God says about this. You see, God knows how we handle his money. Does God need your money? Ignore the TV preachers, of course he doesn't. It's absurd to think otherwise. The God who multiplied five fish and two loaves, who led the Israelites through the desert for 40 years and their clothes didn't wear out. Nope, doesn't need your money. But as Pastor Mark will be teaching today, it's more your attitude toward money and God that God's concerned with. You'll hear about the importance of obeying God's rules about giving of everything you have, not just cash. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Romans, chapter 12, as he continues this series called Motivational Gifts. But you... I don't know whether you give or not. You might just be putting blank envelopes in them tuckers as you pass it. I watch you. Well, look at it. Heavy. Can I drop it in there? No, I don't even watch that. I don't do that. So understand what I'm saying. Why don't the pastors know who gives here? So I won't be controlled by your giving. Do you realize I could be that way? In other words, if you were the, you know, we got a new building getting ready to go up over here. It's going to be three million bucks. You come after church, say, I can up that guy from Charles Stanley by a million. Here's three million. I wouldn't do that. Why? I wouldn't want you even come to me. Why? If you want to give it, you give it secretly. Because I don't want to be tempted to try to speak to you kindly, do something different, never offend you or your family. Because the big giver is here. Now, do you think I'm human enough that I could fall for that? What do you mean? (laughs) And my wife isn't even here, for crying out loud. Yes, you're exactly right. We all are. Pastor Dave, Dean, Kenny, the same. So we don't know. That's why we don't know. Because we're human. And so you can give or not give, but God knows. And that's why we do that. Because of this, not being controlled by individuals and we go man that's the big gun here here's another thing lots of times people think they know people that are very rich well they own a dealership they own five of these and 24 pieces of property whatever they must be a great giver not always very often maybe nothing 
I don't know that, but I found that from other churches to be very, very true. Now, let me just make a statement. You might think I'm going to get into uh, dangerous territory, and I probably am, but it's okay. After your children leave home, parents, be very careful. You don't try to manipulate them through your giving of gifts to them. Many a marriage has been ruined by well-meaning parents. Well, if you move close to us, Dad will do a down payment for your home. Maybe they shouldn't move next to you. Let me state it another way. They shouldn't move next to you. So you say, well, that doesn't happen in Christian homes. Yes, it does. Money is power. Don't rule your kids' lives when they leave home. Let them have God rule their life. Yes, you can give support, you can talk, you can share. Yes, you want to give some money and do all those things in time. But be very careful. You don't manipulate the kids and destroy their marriage. I see that a lot with people that have a lot of money. It's a very big danger. Okay, number two. If I have the gift of giving and operate in the flesh, instead of being thrifty and resourceful, I can just be extravagant and not give. I can hoard for myself. How does that happen if a person has a gift of giving? Here's how it happens. They get hurt in a church, or they get hurt with a Christian, or they see somebody doing something, or somebody did something they didn't think it was wise, and they knew they were part of that project or whatever, and the enemy just beats them up, and so they just stop giving, and they begin to hoard. That's a danger. They can operate in the flesh. Number three, they can give with prideful motive. In other words, it may look like they're doing it privately, but they let it drop. They do whatever. They do all those kind of things, and it becomes kind of a duty to them, and if they don't get the right attention, and they go, well, why am I doing this? Because I'm not really getting that. You say, well, that that can't happen. Well, turn with me to Acts chapter 4. This is a story you know very well, but you don't want to give No matter whether you have the gift of giving or not, you don't want to give with the wrong motive. Understand that you and I will be accountable for everything that God has given us. We're stewards. We want to be faithful. In Acts chapter 4, scoop on down to verse 36. It says, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, he sold a field he owned... And he brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. So God spoke to Barnabas as the early church was getting started. People were needing money. God spoke to Barnabas. He became an example. He had this field he owned, had the gift of giving, and he gave all the money to the apostles to use for the poor. It was a great example. We'll look at chapter 5. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. By the words, keep back in the original, here's what they mean. To pilfer, to embezzle, to steal. And what was he doing? Something also interesting, notice the scripture knows who they were. Ananias, his wife Sapphira. God was watching. 
He was seen. They sold his possession. They had an example of Barnabas. And they gave part of it to the church with the illusion that they gave it all. Nothing wrong with giving part of it. If God said give part of it, they kept part for themselves. No big deal. But they gave it with this illusion. They wanted to appear more spiritual, here's the pride again, than they really were. They wanted to appear just like Barnabas. Well, look what God says about this. You see, God knows how we handle his money. Verse 3. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your, here it is, here's the reason, here's what happens to our money, our hearts are wrong, has filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received of the land. Now, who told Peter this? Well, I went to a little seance, Gail got the ball out. and No, who told Peter this? God did. Gift of discernment. God came right to Peter and said, look, Peter, it looks like they gave it all. Peter wouldn't have known it. It looked all to him. He couldn't have get online and say, what did they sell it for? It wasn't there. Looks good. God said, mm-mm, there's a problem in the church. He says, didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? In other words, nobody asked you to give all of this or any of it. What made you think of doing such a thing? You've not lied to men, but to God. And when Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what happened. Then the young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price? Isn't this, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, with a big lie. That's exactly how much we sold it for. Peter said to you, how could you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they'll carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Verse 11, you don't even need it there. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Why did God do that? Well, it was the start of the church. He wants a pure church. You know, we hear often people say, man, I'd like to live in the day of the book of Acts. Careful. <laughs> May not be too many of us here. I might not be here to preach. So, remember, they feared God because they now knew, and I want to remind you, they now knew that God knew every motive of their heart. Now you say, well, can I make my check out now? Can I catch up my ties now? Why are you going to do that? Because I, man, I really fear God. I want to do that right now. No wrong motive. You want to do it because you love him. Because you know you should do it. So that's not why he did this. Number four. How can a person have trouble? Well, they can give without seeking confirmation with their spouse. Specifically, those of you that are married. Remember, you're a team. You're a body. You're a unit. And you should be praying together. So if you're going to give something out of the norm, your ties should be a normal kind of deal. But if you're going to give something out of the norm, special gift, building thing, whatever, missions for the kids or however, 
then talk, pray together with your spouse. Say, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Well, let's pray about it. Man, you should be doing things together, guys. So don't get in the flesh and go, oh, honey, by the way, I gave $3,000 to whatever, which is a good thing, and she doesn't know or he doesn't know. No, no, no. You do things together because it's your money together with God. Number five, here's where I'm going to step on feet again, but that's all right. What's the danger of a person with the gift of giving, especially if they have the gift of giving of resources? What's the problem? They tend to spoil their own children and other relatives. I can't tell you. I won't mention names. I've seen this since I came to Florida in 1969. I've seen this over and over and over and over again. So much so that when I've seen this, I almost said this, you know what? It'd be better for people never to have a lot of money. Because what they do typically is ruin the next generation of children. How do they do that? Here's how it starts. So listen, you say, well, we don't have a lot of money. In America, we all have a lot of money. What they do is the kids know that daddy or mom has a deep pocket. They see it from the home, that people can be wonderful Christians, give generous to whatever, but they're generous in the flesh to a fault to their children. And they go, well, I'm just going to give, and I'm going to give, and I'm going to give, and I'm give. And if they're not careful, some of those children, at least one or two of them, will not have any personal discipline. And so they just waste the money. And they never learn how to earn a dollar. They're always bailed out. So when they get old, what do they do? Same thing. And you bail them out into the day you die. And when you die, listen very carefully, who gets the money? Rightly so, your children, who don't know how to handle it yet. And so God's money is no longer wisely used. And it doesn't start building up treasure in heaven. It's ruined on the earth. Remember the prodigal son? The father went, here, have your inheritance. What did he do with it? Whose money did he waste? You say it was dad's. No, it was God's. And so what happens? See, God's goal is for our resources. He doesn't need our money, but God's goal is for our resources as parents to be teaching our children how to discipline themselves, how to work for themselves, to be generous to people, to be generous to God, just general principles, to be raised up. And every one of our children be a little different. You'll have a saver and you'll have a spender. Relax. That's going to be there. But if they're disciplined, at least they know how to handle money. So when I pass away, if I leave everything to a child who's undisciplined, then God's ability to use that amount of money can never be resourced back up to heaven. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's just wasted on the earth. Plus, the child is ruined for life. They never understand discipline. So be careful. As you raise your children, you say, well, I don't have millions. I don't have to have millions. Your kids need to know how to discipline themselves. And that's why I shared with you before, I'm afraid what we're teaching our children is how to have many credit cards. And that's because parents haven't learned to handle money. And who's behind all of this? Satan. He likes to steal and kill and destroy. That's his goal. So he knows if he can wipe out resources, 
then the church can't do the things they need to do. And of course, God can always come through. You know, God comes through. But there's many, many churches that are very limited. Why? Because the enemy's come and done exactly what I told you. See, if you love your children, just make this a thing in your heart. You're going to say, you're hard, Pastor Mark. No, I'm not hard. If you love your children, never give them everything they want. Never. If you do, you've ruined them. Do you know, our Heavenly Father doesn't give us everything we want. Aren't you glad? I'm glad many times God gave me nothing when I asked for it. I'm so glad, because I'd have ruined it. I'd have wasted So remember those things. You say, well, it's just got to do with the gift of giving, everything, and your family as well. Now, how do I grow in the gift of giving? Number one, first make sure to give as the Holy Spirit leads. See, the person that's going to speak to your heart after ties, 10% off the top, God will speak to your heart how to give. If you're just a regular person in the community and in the church here and you don't have the gift of giving, after ties, with offerings and alms, God will speak to you. He'll speak to you. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. That's what happened to the man that gave the $2 million. God spoke to him, said give, and he found a way to give. So you have to do the same thing. Let God speak to you. Now, why do I say that? Well, don't let men manipulate you with that. You let God speak to you. Make sure it's God. Number two. When you do give, make sure that your giving is to wisely managed ministries and missions. Why do I say that? Do you mean, Pastor Mark, there's churches and missions that aren't wisely managed? Yes, absolutely. You ever see some of the TV kind of deals? And you've seen them. I won't mention names. Don't ask me about the names. But some of the major people you see on television, when they travel... 20, 20, 60 minutes, all of these people do it. Where do they stay? The number one most expensive suite in London. That's where they stay the night. Well, whose money is that that they're staying there on? Yours. Is that a wise use of the kingdom of God? No. So you have to look at that. When we give to missions outside of here, we look to see what their overhead is. If the overhead is 40% and 60% goes to missions, something's wrong. So, and as well in this church, you know, because you know me, well, most of you know me, I'm a little on the frugal side. Some of the guys in staff will call me different name, but that's all right. <laughs> How did I learn to be that way? All the years in pharmacy, I learned to manage resources. And sometimes that can be a fault, and the guys help me to be more generous and open and whatever. I'm not stingy with salaries or whatever, but all the different things. We talked just recently Lights, air conditioning, all those things. Do you realize what your air conditioning and leaving lights on is going to cost now with FPL? When gas goes to $7 here, you think you just run and go to the mall just to go to the mall? I don't think so. It's going to change drastically. And we're going to have to learn to change. So we try to handle things here when we built the youth building. Why did we do that? Why did we spend $3 million in youth building? Well, when you go there, you'll see it's done with excellence, but it's not done with extravagance. Pastor Bill, when he was here and he saw this building, he says, you built this for $6 million? Most churches will build something like this for 18 to $24 million. God blessed us. So 
watch who you give to. That they handle the money in a good, wise fashion. By the way, can people manipulate Christians? Turn on your television. Happens all the time. Some Christians are incredibly gullible. So if you wonder if something's right, just ask us. Number three, continue to have a light touch on the things of this world. You see, even if you have lots of money or you don't, the greed or money monster is always in front of us. Just remain contented, satisfied. Remember Luke 6.38? Give, and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Be generous of your time and your gifts. You guys are so much so to God. As you do it, he just pours back to us. That's how God continues to bless us. Can you imagine that God saved the land across the canal for us? He all around the land. So he knew we needed more parking. We didn't know that. He knew it. And God's been gracious to us. As we give to him, he gives back to us. And number four, last one, give out of love and never legalistically. You see, God isn't into manipulation. Pastors, oh, we know how to manipulate. We can manipulate you. I could manipulate you for a while. But I can't do it because it's not the right motive. How do I know? Here's why. 2 Corinthians 9. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Understand that principle, guys. You say, well, I can't afford to tithe. No, wrong statement. You can't afford not to. Because when you give, God gives back to you. You just prove it. Try it. Start at 5%, 3%. Do regular. Just if you don't give, do it. I'll never know. Sometimes people go, well, how come people seem to have and I don't have? Hello, this is the verse. Look at it again. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he's decided his pastor told him to give. (laughs) Something wrong with that translation? Each man should give what he's decided in his, here we go again, where? Tell me, tell me. His heart. Who speaks to your heart? God speaks to your heart. How did that man give $2 million? Charles Stanley didn't even know the man. God spoke to his what? His heart. Decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. If you feel you have to give to God, you don't get it yet. Don't give. He doesn't need it. We don't need it. No ministry needs it. Don't give. Please don't give. Waste of time. But once you get it, you can never outgive God. You just can't give outgive God. We taught our kids that. Linda and I have learned that for many, many years. We understand it. We're satisfied. The guys on staff understand it. If you don't get it, start getting it. And what keeps you, many people? Again, one thing, debt. Getting out of debt. We got all kind of stuff over there. Start learning, guys. Now, when we speak about the gift of giving, what's the greatest gift you and I have ever had? Jesus Christ. He came and what? Gave everything he had. He humbled himself, came to this earth, gave his life for us. Ransomed. You and I couldn't pay for it. We couldn't ever be right with God. And God came. 
Today, Pastor Mark continued his teaching on the gift of giving. He talked more about giving to God and how what you gave and how much you give is between you and God. He warned against trying to keep up with the Joneses and ending up in debt. You learned that debt can keep you from giving of your time, talent, and treasure the way God wants you to. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This brings us to the end of Pastor Mark's teaching about the motivational gift of being a giver. Next time, he'll begin his teaching on the spiritual gift of leadership. You'll learn what the Bible has to say about leaders. You'll hear about good and bad leaders and what characterizes each one. You'll find out about areas where you lead, even if you don't have this special gift. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world.